Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports, friend of the show. And Bobby, we really appreciate you taking time out of your March Madness watching to join us, man. How you doing? Uh, I mean, outside of losing a couple early bets, I'm doing well. So how's everything <laughs> going down there? Uh, well, it's going good. What would you end up losing on, man? Who, who ended up costing you? I trusted the Mountain West. I had Colorado State. I had Boise. I mean, luckily, like Providence was the one I gave out on our show. Uh, Benchmob is the best bet today. But And then uh, I thought maybe a Tennessee letdown spot, and instead they just turned into the greatest shooting team of all time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of uh, the other upsets maybe you had throughout your bracket? So brackets are tough. Like, I hate filling out a bracket now. I like It's a joke that... You know, everyone makes it like Susie in accounting who watches one game a year always wins. And it's true. Like, I feel like I overthink everything. But I had St. Mary's. I had St. Mary's in the Elite Eight. Um, I kind of think Baylor could get caught. But it's all weird because I think, like, Baylor gets caught by Marquette. But that's only if Marquette beats Carolina. And Marquette could very easily lose to Carolina. So, it's all over. Like, it's been chalky early in the the early session. And the way I thought the tournament was going to be was, you know, kind of mayhem early. But then a lot of top three seeds in the Elite Eight. And so far, it's kind of not that. I know Michigan is an 11, but they were favored today. So it's it's been a weird early slate so far. Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, I guess the, the I don't want to call it a huge upset, but the game uh, that happened earlier today uh, that ended up uh, being a little bit of a surprise to some may have been Michigan beating Colorado State, even though they were favored. I felt like that was one of the games, even in my bracket, Bobby, I, I had Michigan – uh, taking care of business just because I feel like they're a team and maybe Memphis is a team too where they didn't have the best regular season but they're good enough to be like a sweet 16 elite eight team like, it's like they have the talent enough to be there but because of the way that their regular season goes or did go uh, they didn't have a chance to to get a high seed is there is there any other teams like that that you see that uh, may be lower seeded but could be dangerous to make a run yeah, those two teams, especially Michigan, sticks out. Um, you know, I, I had Colorado State in the Sweet 16, but I think that Michigan matches up well against Tennessee. Um, trying to think, like, in terms of other seeds, like, again, because I thought it was going to be chalky late. I didn't have too much craziness. I think the – you know, I could see Ohio State doing that as a seven seed where people are down on them, but they also weren't at full strength and they lost here late. You know, they get Loyola. Everyone's on Loyola, so I'm a contrarian, so I kind of think Ohio State beats them. And then, you know, I don't think they match up terribly against Villanova. Um, And then I think the bottom right half, or the bottom half of the bottom right bracket, where Auburn is, I could see that being similar to last year in the same spot, where Houston came out of there, but it was, you know, Rutgers, Syracuse, and then, you know, Oregon State and Loyola were all there. I could see that bottom half of the bottom right kind of getting crazy where Iowa State beats LSU, maybe USC or Miami catch Auburn. I I wouldn't be too surprised by any of that. You mentioned how the Mountain West may have been disappointing for uh, your wagering so far. Are are there um, any conferences or is there a conference in particular that you feel like the teams are going to do well in the tournament? It's tough. I think – I think the SEC can do really well. Obviously, the Big 12. I think Big 12 is the best conference in America. You know, Texas Tech could easily make a Final Four. 
Uh, Kansas could easily win the thing. Texas Tech could win it, too. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who else I have. Like I said, Iowa State could catch LSU. Um, Texas is another team, like we talked about, with Michigan and Memphis, where you know, they're preseason top five, seven, six seed. Maybe they put it together. We've seen teams do that before. It's not crazy to think that could happen again. Um, so I think the Big 12 is another one that could could potentially have, and obviously Baylor. You know, Baylor is a one seed. I know I talked about Marquette catching them, but they're the reigning champs of the one seed for a reason. So I could, I, I could see the Big 12 kind of, you know, you look at the Sweet 16 and all of a sudden they have four teams there. Yeah, because we were talking about the SEC, and, and, and again, everyone fills out their brackets the way they want to. But to be honest, Bobby, I didn't have a single SEC team in my Final Four. In fact, I only had two of them in the Elite Eight. Uh, there's just a few things about these teams that I just don't trust. So it, it does, is, is that kind of the thing where these SEC teams are good, but they're, none of them are great? Like, none of them, like, are any of them national championship caliber teams? Because as much as I like the SEC and some of these teams, I just don't see them being one of – or one of them being – the champion at the end of the game at the end of the tournament because of what other teams are just slightly better. I think that's college basketball as a whole though. Right? Like what last year was Baylor Gonzaga and then a big dump to everybody else. We got that as the title game. Like they were two great teams last year. This year we have a lot of really good teams but flawed. So the SEC kind of feels just like college basketball as a whole. You know, I think Kentucky, I think Auburn, I think Tennessee, um, those three could all win a title. Um and then, you know, Arkansas has a tough draw as a four there, but, you know, if they're in the Sweet 16, nobody should really bat an eye. So it's, you know, I, I, I don't think the SEC is in a true letdown spot. It's just they're all flawed, but so is everyone else in college basketball. So best bets for uh, bench mob, you took Providence and uh, South Dakota State. So assuming that you took Providence there as the favorite? Yeah, Providence minus two. Because, like I said, I'm a contrarian. I love when everyone feels like they're picking like the sexy underdog, you know, 12, 13 game. I just automatically take the other side. Okay. So now Jake took uh, Vermont, Arkansas. So he was taking Vermont as far as uh, how he feels good about Vermont versus Arkansas. Yeah. He's a little biased there. He's a Vermont guy. So I don't know <laughs> if there was a, I don't know if there was a little bias there, but you know, that was weird because it, you know, if you look at it from a line perspective, Everyone's saying it's going to be a close game. That's what it, that's what the line is telling you. The line dropped to like five, and you look and you know Arkansas was arguably the hottest team in the country at one point. Um, we've seen what their what their ceiling is. You know, I think we saw their ceiling. It's can they maintain that if they do? Another thing we're seeing early today, and again, very early in the tournament, is mid majors are truly just struggling with with power conferences, whether it's athleticism or. Uh, talent disparity, I think it's more athleticism, then I think that's where Arkansas could overwhelm Vermont. Yeah, and I know that uh, with Arkansas, too, in this game, it's like everyone talks – I think people really fell in love with Vermont, too, just from a national perspective. I feel like a lot of them were picking them to be the upset. It's almost like the sexy upset pick was Vermont over Arkansas. Is, is it? Yeah, they call it the second that? one. They call it <laughs> yeah. the second one. I, and Vermont's really good. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Vermont. I mean, they won – all three of their conference tournament games by 30-plus. Like, I don't care what conference you're in. That's impressive. When you're talking about, especially a low major, where, hey, Vermont loses to any team, they're playing in the NIT, right? Like, you know, they don't have an at-large chance. So the pressure's on them. To win that easily three times in a row, it's easy to fall in love with them. And 
you know, I really, really like Ben Chungu, who's their their guard. He's the two-time American East Defensive Player of the Year. They have the big guy Ryan Davis, who's the two-time American East Player of the Year. Um, and he's a little bit of a mismatch. He's a big that can step out. So that's a unique thing when you can run that five-out offense as a mid-major. And I think it's the fact that Vermont's just been there before, right? I know everyone, you know, the last time they won was obviously C.J. Sorrentine, but they've been in the tournament, you know, I think like five of the last eight years or something like that. So, they, you know, John Becker has experience prepping for a high major and what it takes to go from Saturday morning America East title to now a Thursday or Friday game. So I understand it. It's just what my eyes are telling me so far is that mid-majors are struggling, and that could switch in the second window. But it, And even in NIT, look at the NIT scores. All the mid-majors are just getting overwhelmed. So I don't know if that's just college basketball this year or what. It's, it's really confusing me, I'll tell you that. The 8-9 matchup is one that you could probably always flip-flop, but – 7-10 seems to be intriguing because, you know, even though a team is a seven seed, you can't – sometimes you can't really say that there's a true favorite. So I want to take a look at a couple of 7-10 matchups. USC-Miami to see how you feel about both these. And then uh, Murray State-San Fran, a couple of mid-majors. That's a really intriguing game as well. Yeah, I, I really like Murray State. You know, I think they are a clear top 20 team in the country. Um KJ Williams should be like a third team All American. And like they can score with anybody. They feel a little bit like Loyola last year, where they're underseeded by a seed or two. Um, you know, if seeds hold, they'll draw Kentucky in the round of thirty two. That's the one team I didn't want to see as a two seed because, you know, little school in the state versus the big school in the state, like that's that's a real thing. And, you know, it, it's cliche, but it's real. You see it all the time. USC is intriguing to me. Um Mobley, who, you know, not the really good Mobley from last year, but his brother is still there, and he's really good. But I can't make out the Pac-12 because they had three good teams in in UCLA, Arizona, and USC, and a lot of nothing. So it's like, you know, are they inflated a little bit with their record? Do they just kind of coast through the Pac-12 because they do have the talent? Um, am I just falling in love with them because they went on a run last year? Um, so it's I do like both those teams. I think Murray is really intriguing as a seven seed. Um, and that draw is just kind of weird where, you know, Kentucky and Murray could play each other in the second round with the, you know, the interstate matchup. So I, I think Murray's a true top 20 team though. Well, Bobby, you know, we've talked a lot about different teams. What about, uh, what about your, your Kentucky Wildcats, man? Two seed and you don't, not feeling very confident about their chances. Like, I mean, cause I feel like, you know, they're definitely good enough to make a run in this tournament, too. Yeah. Yeah, they are. It, it all comes down to two things with – or technically three things with Kentucky. One, does Kellen Grady get out of the shooting stump that he's in? Because he's one of the elite shooters in the country. And he hasn't looked like it the last five-ish games or so. And when he's not shooting well, defenses can just kind of, you know, slide in and really take away Sheway and really take away the drive. That makes this offense stagnant, which we saw against Tennessee. Then there's the defense. You know, Kentucky's been a, a, a decent defensive team this year, but that's where their real flaw is. And then obviously health. They've been banged up all year, whether it's Ty Ty, uh, Wheeler. Like, they've just been battling into top-in. They've been battling injuries. So, you know, a rolled ankle on Ty Ty Washington is a little different than a rolled ankle for someone else who maybe that's the first time of the year versus the third time of the year that, that you're dealing with that injury. And then there's the draw. Um some say it's favorable, some say it's not. You know, I see both sides where, like I said, I don't like the Murray State matchup at all. 
Steve Hole, they get Purdue, which Purdue struggles offensively, but they are an elite offensive team, and they have a top five pick in Jaden Ivey. And then Baylor, who's the one seed that I probably wanted to see in the bracket just because they're banged up. So yeah, they could make a run, but you know, if they lose to Murray State, would anyone really bat an eye the way this year is? Well, I think they would simply because there's high expectations it's, with Kentucky, and we know right, how that it's is. Kentucky, yeah. Right. So um, we hear about Sheepway, Wheeler, Washington, but if there's someone that uh, kind of a, a an underdog-type player that could really break out in this tournament for Kentucky, who would that be? Um, you know, it could be Davion Mint, right? He's a, a grad transfer from Creighton. He's in a shooting slump, too. Over the last seven games, he's 22% from three. But he's kind of the ideal fourth guard, where when he's going, now you have three close to elite shooters in, in him, uh, Grady, and, and Ty Ty, assuming you know, they're all on. And it just it really opens the floor up, which then opens the floor up for Sheway. It's kind of a ripple-down effect. So if Kentucky goes on a run, I think Davion Mintz is the guy that the unsung hero of it. I don't want to say he's the star of it, but he's the unsung hero of it. You know, Bobby, uh, you've been watching the NCAA tournament for a long time now, and I always found it fascinating when you think about the like players – that you would have never known about unless they yeah. played in the NCAA tournament. Like, when you speak about some of those players, who are the first ones that come to mind for you? Like, through the history? Yeah, yeah, through history. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was talking about this last night. Like, remember Brett Blizzard from UNC Wilmington when Maryland hit the, <laughs> the buzzer beater in, like, 03, uh, 03 against them? Like, that's a guy that sticks out. And – you know, you obviously go back to some of the runs. Like, I know he's playing in the pros. Like, Dante DiVincenzo breaking out in the title game with, when he was surrounded by Jalen Brunson, player of the year, and, and, you know, a lot of other NBA talent on that roster. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who else recently really sticks out? Um, Virginia, when they won, Diakite hit the, you know, hit the game tire against Purdue. He's a guy that kind of, I think, elevated into an NBA player because of that. Um but it tends to be, and obviously, like then there's CJ Sorrentine. Um, there's uh, the kid from uh, uh, the kid from Hampton, and the coach from Hampton, the 15-2 game against Iowa State back in 01, who hit the game winner. Um, you look at CJ McCollum when he beat Duke, Kyle Quinn when Norfolk beat Missouri back to back 15-2 games. So uh, there are a ton. It tends to be mid majors, but I think you can also look at like you know teams who win and and or get to a Final Four as majors, and they, they tend to have a guy that steps up and it's not one of the big three or four that, that you're used to. So you said you uh, really aren't interested in filling out the bracket anymore, and we're starting to hear more and more of that, people looking at it from a wagering standpoint. But as far as teams going into this tournament, who do you feel like the teams were that were playing the best going into the tournament? Yeah, so obviously Tennessee and Iowa are the two that, that stick out the most. Um, I would start Kansas in there, uh, winning the Big 12, beating Virginia – or beating um, – Sorry, Texas Tech, Virginia Tech, obviously winning the ACC tournament. They feel like another one of those popular double-digit seeds. They're, they draw Texas, who blew a 20-point lead in their, you know, Big 12 first-round game. Those are the hottest teams um, from a major level. And then, you know, really any of the mid-majors. You can throw out, obviously, Vermont. You can throw out Murray State. You can throw in um, Richmond, you know, what they did to win the, you know, they're tied with, with uh, who are they tied with right now? Iowa right now, so. You know, those teams that won their tournament are, are tending to play hot, but it's really Iowa, it's really Kansas, and it's really 
um, uh, Kansas, Iowa, and uh, Tennessee. So you talk about the hottest teams. What about the coldest teams? What's the, what, who's the team that kind of like limped into the NCAA tournament that does not have a lot going for them right now? I mean, you could say Texas. You could say, you know, Wisconsin, the way they, you know, Johnny Davis being hobbled and the way they lost to Michigan State. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who else really, really sticks out. I mean, Illinois was a one seed. They lost in their first game of the, the conference tournament to Indiana. Um, Alabama is another one that sticks out. You know, Alabama has been so up and down all year. Um, Marquette has kind of limped in a little bit. Yeah, so those are the ones that kind of stick out. And obviously LSU. And I would say I'm, the, that entire matchup, if LSU doesn't have a coach, Iowa State scores like 40 points a game. How do you feel about a couple of teams that won their games in the first four in uh, Indiana and Notre Dame? What do you think of their chances of uh, moving forward and getting another win in the tournament? Yeah, I like Notre Dame. Like I said, um, I'm not buying Alabama tight. You know, they – listen, can they go shoot 23s and hit them? Yeah, they obviously can. Like, we've seen Alabama do that. But can we also see Alabama go seven minutes without scoring and be lackadaisical on defense? Like, Notre Dame runs good stuff on offense. I know they played a crazy game. They have to travel out to San Diego. That's a concern. But I'm just – I'm kind of in just fade Alabama mode. Yeah, I think uh, there's a few of the people out there. I don't have much faith in them either. Uh, but speaking of the SEC, too, uh, I know that there's some teams that aren't in the NCAA tournament that have been making moves. I mean, you talk about an overhaul in the SEC and coaches. You know, yeah. obviously you got the situation with Will Wade, and, you know, with, we know about that. But then you got Tom Green getting fired from Georgia. But then Mike White going from Florida to Georgia. Ben Howland yeah, gets fired. Frank Martin gets fired. Like, what do you make of this whole situation right now with the SEC and the turnover of coaches here in this offseason? I think it just shows, like, the SEC is really becoming a, a, a true basketball conference, too, right? Like, you have to kind of keep up with Joneses. You have to keep up with Calipari, Musk, and uh, Rick Barnes, and to a degree, Nate Oates. You know, we'll see what he does in, in his third year. He's able to bounce back from six seed. Um, you, you really have to – you can't just, you know, Ben Howland was brought in. Landon Malik Newman, that failed, and then he never really found his footing. Uh, Tom Crean just never got it going at, at Georgia. Uh, and Bruce Pearl, obviously, have to keep up with him. Um, in South Carolina, that's just a really tough place to win. They don't have a lot of success. They made the Final Four on a miracle run. Um, that's just a tough job. So part of it is keeping up with the Joneses, and, and it's becoming a basketball conference. So you, 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 you don't have the luxury of keeping a coach for seven years if you can just tell it's kind of going nowhere. Well, Bobby, we appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Enjoy March Madness. Hopefully your bracket doesn't get too busted, man, and uh, you end up uh, doing pretty well with your picks, man. We appreciate you hopping on. All right. Have a good one, guys.